am I going to do, quit? That's not an option. You got to keep on keeping on. Life's a garden, dig it. You make it work for you. You never give up, man. That's my philosophy. Welcome back to Legendary Mindset. I'm your host, Jake Richardson. And I know this episode is, is kind of a day late coming out. Uh, I feel really bad about it. I've been stressing about it a bunch. Uh, I had a few guys lined up over the past week or so uh, to record and, and just life happens. But today's episode, I actually recorded today, uh, which is Monday the 3rd. I was in Arizona this weekend judging a jackpot show, and I had to drive through New Mexico, and I had heard from a friend of mine that there was a guy out there who I needed to get a hold of and interview, and he described him to me and told me a bunch of stories about him, and they had been friends for about 30-something years. Uh, anyways, the guy he was talking about was Dennis Luce, and I had heard this guy's name only a couple times, but after I gave Dennis a call and we made plans to record, I did some research. Uh, I knew some guys that knew him, and uh, I talked to those guys and, and all of his buddies and told them I was going to be interviewing him and, and just asked him, you know, just for some, you know, question ideas or anything, and I had some wild stories come back to me, and I had to fact check a lot of these with Dennis. Um, the guy's had a very exciting life, and uh, he's had a, you know, a, a lot of success in the show ring, him and his family, um, I think it's girls, they won the New Mexico State Fair, either New Mexico or Eastern, you know, I think 10 years in a row. Um, but every one of these guys I asked about him also said I needed to get his wife Donna on too because she was just an incredible person. And the second I walked through the front door, if you didn't know, you would have thought that Donna knew me since I was a baby. Uh, I had a great time, I learned a bunch, and I definitely made two really good friends in Mr. and Mrs. Luce. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, I was born over at Portales, which is 60 miles southeast here, mm -hmm. in Roosevelt County, and I lived there until 96, and then we moved here, and uh, I've had sheep all my life. My dad had sheep. Uh, we've still got sheep today, so I, I can't remember a day that we didn't have sheep. Mm -hmm. So when you were little and growing up, were those just commercial sheep? They're just commercials. Yeah. What breed were they? Oh, just uh, Rambouillet or fine wool use. Come mm -hmm. out of the Roswell area, he'd run them on fields and then lamb them and sell them. And he had a few registered Columbia use when I was real little, but he, he eventually sold them out. And uh, we fed lambs a lot in the winter. Uh, he did. Uh, you know, for additional income or to feed feed his grain too, and so mm -hmm. yeah. So were you involved in 4-H as a as a kid? You know, I, I didn't get involved in 4-H until I was about the eighth grade. Mm -hmm. What was your activity in there? Were you showing lambs or? Was there you know, stuff? actually, the county agent and assistant. I had some had two registered ewes and a registered ram. I bought it a at a commercial sale. It, to put it out with, we had some commercial ewes that were Suffolk, and they were out, and I was a horseback driving them home, and I was ready to kill them. Uh, I'd already roped them a little and lost my patience, and these guys came, stopped on the road, and I said, yeah, I'm ready to get rid of these, these uh, registered sheep. I said, they're nothing but trouble. 
my attitude wasn't good, and, and the guy told me, said, won't you bring them to the Roosevelt County Fair? And said, you can surely sell them over there. He said, they're really good sheep. Mm -hmm. And I thought, yeah. So I told my dad about it. He thought that was the biggest. He tried to show a little when he was young, and he didn't care that much for it. Mm -hmm. And uh, But I went ahead and took them because I was going to sell them. And, uh, That's how to go. Yeah, is took them up there and they were very competitive. I had to show in the open breeding and at that time they probably had 150 head. Mm -hmm. Did you do it again the next year or were you kind of done after that? No, no. Uh, I'll finish this story now. It, <laughs> I had the supreme champion ram of of all breeds. They put all the mut, mutton breeds together for a supreme champion. Suffolk, Southdown, Dorset, Hampshire, and this old Suffolk ram, he was yearling it. And I, I won the whole thing. And I had reserve champion Suffolk U. And I was ruined after that. I had priced those sheep before it ever started to a guy from Fort Martin, Texas, and he knew a guy that would buy them. And he said, they're too cheap for what they are. Boy, after they won, I, I didn't want to sell them. I, mm -hmm. I was hooked on it. And then that's what that, that same old Travis Allen asked me the next year to come go to the Angus Field Day and judge. I said, well, I don't know nothing about that. He said, yeah, but you'll learn. And I was high point individual that day. And he asked me, he said, the question was, how did you do that? You never judged before. I said, I just looked at them like that at the sale barn, which one I liked best, which one I didn't like the least. Mm -hmm. No practice at that point? Never had all. practice, nothing. That's we didn't have reasons. We had questions, you know. Mm -hmm. And I, I was hooked on that. I mean, that started me going, and I made the senior team for him. Uh, I made the junior team that first year, and we won state. That's as far as it went. Then the next year, I made the senior team, and uh, we actually won Denver. Really? Yeah, I was the youngest uh, judge kid on that team. The other boys were in college, old Bill Gardner and Jimmy Judah and Noel Ray Gallahan, and good guys and Bill Gardner he's over here at the stanchion now and raises Angus Bulls him and his boys and he's a genuine good guy but anyway he beat me uh, he was he was a high I think it was two points separated us and and I told him the only thing that I can tell him was he beat me in them darn hogs because the rest of it I'd I done them pretty good on <laughs> There you go. But, well, it was just two points. I mean, you yeah, could... we was pretty close. We were, and I still I see him every once in a while. His boy goes to church with us, and then I bought a bull or two from him. Just good guy, good people, mm -hmm. you know. So a lot of people that are in this industry, I mean, they call it like a sickness, or they they have the bug. You know, they're addicted to the showing thing. Was that that first county fair when you did well? Was that kind of just when you became really into it? I believe you could. That would be minor of what I had. I was. I had a hangover from it. I could just, that that was just the way to go, man, just mm -hmm. the way to go, you know. Oh, my, yeah. my dad wasn't into it. My granddad, my granddad actually bought those sheep for me at the at an auction. I needed a buck to put out with some white face you, and he bought this registered Suffolk. And he was, he, he came to that show, and he was real sick with cancers, and he, he just had to sit in a chair. But little did I know, kind of get emotional with it but that I was going to go that far he died that 
in December and that show was in September. Wow. But uh, he knew those sheep were pretty good. He told mm -hmm. me he, he bought that ram and he didn't buy those ewes. And when I, I seen him, he said, well, let's just go get those ewes. The guy that bought them will sell them to you. And so that's what we did. And that's probably the best thing that he could ever done, I mean, for the sheep yeah. side of it. You know? If only he knew what he created yes. that day. That's impressive. So after that, I mean, that, that following year, you showed again, you kept judging. Did you, you know, start breeding some more? Oh, yeah. We, <clears throat> we, I went cra I went crazy. Anybody would have a show sheep, uh, Dorset or whatever they had back in those days. I'd, of course, you didn't go miles in, and they'd had little old sails around, but not, oh, Roswell, they had, uh, Kunkel's had a sale, and we went down there, me and my dad, and he bought a real good lamb. Turned out reserve champion Hampshire, or, blackface at mm -hmm. the county and then he died before we could get him to Roswell I overfed him and uh, you know it's trial and error uh, you learn some hard lessons with this thing but you learn some good lessons and uh, yeah it's been amazingly good I mean I, I, I've really enjoyed it I'm not as involved today as I once was and I miss some of it uh, I really do but you know everything has a change and and i've got busier doing other things that my interest is, is not as keen as it was you know yeah so what when you started with what did the show lamb world look like was it just breeding sheep at that point most no uh they had the open breeding sheep was the biggest was bigger than the junior market lamb show at albuquerque roswell uh Beatty showed those sheep um Clifford Throckmorton brought those sheep. We had some Dorset sheep came as far away as Kansas mm -hmm. that were on a circuit, and they'd make the state fair. And they made Roosevelt County Fair because and fill up one little old building down there because a lot of those sheep were going on to Albuquerque, and it was just a stop-off, you know, mm -hmm. place for them to show. Very competitive, you know. Yeah. A few other people we talked to... <laughs> You know, before the weathers were huge, that breeding sheep circuit was people would just take double decker trailers, load it down with you know every ewe they had, yeah, and go to those shows. Go and show them, eighty yeah. of them in a day. Yeah, yeah. Beatty, he he didn't go that. I mean, he always took some to the state fair and would do very well, and and not help him show. Uh, but yeah, there were lots of double deck gooseneck trailers with little bobtail trucks pulling them. I mean, that, them guys okay. just on the road, you know. Mm -hmm. So did you end up at college? No, uh, Oklahoma State tried real hard, old Bill Crutcher. Uh, I, I judged in FFA for four years and had, was on four first-place teams, and every year our ag teacher was from Oklahoma. But both of them, we had two during that time, and we'd stop OSU, and he talked to me a lot about staying in the sheep barn and, and uh, going to OSU, and I didn't know what it meant to not have to pay tuition. I wasn't into school. The first day I went to school, was I'd just soon have been my last day, to be truthful. I didn't, just wasn't school-minded. I really wanted to, to be an auctioneer, mm -hmm. and uh, I just needed to, and run sheep and cattle. I mean, that was just my deal, but. Yeah, so what'd you do after high school? Well, I just started ranching on a small scale, and I auctioneered uh, for about seven years. And then uh, stepped down off that, was able to buy some more property and just 
continue on with what what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. So how'd you and you and Donna meet? It was actually on a blind date. Uh, my aunt rigged rigged it up. I'd met her one other time before that, and then uh, that's how we got together. And what she tell me? My wife told me she's only made two mistakes in her life, and I know which one one of them was. The other one I don't know. But anyway, that's how it is. Tell him, tell him how you met me at the state fair. You tell Ooh, at the oh, state yeah. fair. You tell him. Well, now this I'm kind of embarrassed with, but I'll go ahead and tell you. Yeah, the the year that she won the state fair, Queen. Oh, so you? Oh, Queen. Okay. Yes. Uh, she, before they announced who was going to win that night, we were over there at the youth hall good friend of mine, Ross Cavness. Bill Gardner was, I believe, was in on it. I don't know. I was the youngest one of the group. And they uh, said something about, we'll give you $20 if you'll propose to the state fair queen immediately after they announce who wins. And you know, I live by the sword and probably die by a sword, but I just... Uh, what did I have to lose? Every one, every one of those girls was good looking. <laughs> and so I took them up on it. And at that time, they would announce the winner, and then she'd come out and sign autographs, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was a clear shot you going right in there. And you had never met her? Oh, no. Not, not at that time. <laughs> and so I remember her signing autographs and talking to a lot. There was a couple of little girls from actually from Fort Sumner, which I believe was ahead of me. And she was so friendly and I got right up there too. And these guys are standing where they can be sure and hear me. And I looked at her, I said, well, congratulations. And she didn't know who I was. And so she was trying to be exceptionally nice. And she thanked me and I said, I've got one quick question for you. And she said, what is it, sir? And I said, will you marry me? What'd you say? <laughs> well, her, not right now, honey. <laughs> no, she did not. Not right now, honey. She but... didn't say anything for a good little bit. Her mother was standing in the background, and I think they both thought I was some drunk off it. But anyway, uh, that and that's really, and then I I said him not right now, but I will. And it was give about, you my autograph. It was a, <laughs> It was exactly. a year and a half later, my aunt rigged up this blind date, and I thought, you reckon that girl would recognize me? She didn't. She didn't. She never knew about it till we'd been married about six or eight months, and Ross and Jill was over there, and Ross got to telling about that and has that old laugh, and she turned around, and I knew. I remembered that laugh from Ross. Oh, yeah. And, yes. I said, you're that guy that proposed to me, aren't you're, you? <laughs> you're that Dennis Luce, aren't that you? that Dennis Luce. <laughs> I, didn't, yeah, I didn't tell her my name. I just wanted to know if she'd marry me. I was needing the $20. I, and I still got that 20 I don't, I don't think I ever got around to spending it. Do you think if you hadn't have met her that day and proposed, do you think you'd still be married? you still end up together? Uh, probably. Probably. Yeah. yeah. I Yeah, Probably. Yeah, because she... he picked me up on a blind date. We went out. We had a lot of fun. We went to uh, Portales to eat, and then we went to what the Floyd Jamboree at, uh, and that's a little country singing that everybody sings. Mm-hmm. 
and some favorite songs that country western everyone knows the words everyone knows the words too and we just enjoyed the evening came home and every year (laughs) i mean for four years later we had a a date once a year (laughs) yeah Yeah. But it quit after that four years, no more dates. We got married. (laughs) Oh, you did it for four years? Yeah. Yeah. One date a year. Yeah, one. Serious, Jake. I believe you. I believe you. (laughs) Yeah, I wasn't real serious about her. No, we weren't. And and just having fun. He called and asked would I go to a roping with him to the steer jerking over at post. And uh and then where else did we went back over to Clovis to the rodeo? Yeah, we went out some, and then when we got serious, well, then we, well, it was in the, in the fall, and we got married in the winter, so, in 80. I mean, that went from 76 to, or 77 to 79. Really, 76. we was about three of those country jamborees, I think, is what we went to. Mm-hmm. And, uh. Oh, that was kind of a fun. Oh, thing and to since do. I knew he judged, I was the 4-H horse leader, mm-hmm. and I had called and asked if he wouldn't come and judge my uh, kids, Jim Canna. Mm-hmm. That's what I had. That you can, you can judge horses too. Oh yes, I, I I was on the first place in horse team in New Mexico. That's the last year I was in high school. Mm-hmm. And we could have went to Houston Stock Show, I believe, and judged horses. But we were all graduated and the ag teacher had actually took the job in Oklahoma and we never got back together, those mm-hmm. four boys did. So after you got married, what were you doing for a living right around the time you got married? Still auctioneering, raising cattle, same thing? Same thing. Had a few sheep, you know. Had some, yeah, I had real, I mean, really good sheep. Didn't have very many, but uh, I just, yeah, that was... Very that was my lifestyle. Yeah. So usually before I do these interviews, I'll go and I'll do some research and some back stories. You know, I called some of your buddies, um, and they told me some crazy stuff. And um, they might not have told the truth though. <laughs> or, or we're about to find out. So what? I understand something happened about five months after you got married, right? Yeah. When you were out working cattle. You got, yeah. I, you probably can't get a picture of it, but I got struck by lightning. I've got a hole right up here, top of my head. Really? Yeah. And it's, I'll put it to you this, a lot of things you you don't want to do twice and get struck by lightning, I don't I don't recommend it. It's it's a pretty hot little topic for a minute. So, so Donna was telling me when we were, when she was cooking breakfast this morning, you, you got struck, you drove yourself back to the house, and you survived it without going to the hospital. I, I, I drove down and picked him up in the pasture, but I was a little out of my head. And I'll tell you about that lightning. And we might get, I had a real good memory. And I've still got a pretty good memory of livestock, but people, I could remember their name if I ever met them once. Auctioneered. And I, that, that was really easy for me. Mm-hmm. And after that was over, my eyesight was better. But within three months, I couldn't remember names. And I'll be honest, you've called me to do this. You're sitting here this morning, but if you asked me right now what is my name, I'd have to think. Mm-hmm. I, I can't remember names. I'll never forget your face. And I that get really, that way too sometimes. That really uh, affected me auctioneering. And it yeah. does to this day. I mean, I just hate it because I can't remember something. Mm-hmm. 
their name, somebody's name. And that's one of the reasons I didn't mind quitting that deal. Because when you're up there, you're working with somebody's livelihood, that's the last thing you need to worry about is how you're going to charge them. I mean, you ought to, that ought to be an automatic. Yeah. It is if if your memory, if, if you can remember, you know, but that's nothing. Those guys be buying cattle and have four or five different orders and, you know, you, know, you need to know what number fives are and number twos. And I, you know, that really affected me. Now that, that to this day, that that's the worst thing out of that deal other than, well, you could get killed. Oh yeah. I seen two calves die that day, one immediately and then one took a little while. Jeez. Anything else? I mean, you said, you said your memory was a little bit raw afterwards, but was there any other effects that you noticed that well, had to do with the lightning maybe? Well, if you look at my hair, it's, uh, it's been white. It's, I've had no hair. I've got some hair now. Uh, yeah, that that affected me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your wife mentioned your immune system. Oh yeah. Afterwards, so what now was that, that deal. Uh, I went for years and never have a sore throat, never be sick, mm-hmm. and I don't get sick much now. But I mean, I'm telling you, I went to people's houses; they were deathly sick. Other people couldn't help them. Just what do you need me to do? Yeah. You know, I mean. You said thirty years without getting the flu. A common yeah, it's about thirty. 30, about 34 years. Yeah. He's, I, he's gone I, without I, a cold. I finally, yeah, when I finally got sick, I thought he was the worst thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> and that was that actually in 12. Yeah, mm-hmm. I had a heat stroke. And uh, and then I was pretty sick right in there. Mm-hmm. So you said you ranched, um, you, you quit auctioneering, but so did you kind of, you owned some sheep, but you, did you not really get involved back into the show sheep until your girls were? No, we, we no, sold we've lambs. Always, we've always had sheep. Yeah, we had a sale at, Portalis and uh, with old Ross Turnbull and we sold lambs every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kenneth Gregg came over and auctioneered it for us or Bobby Fletcher, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one good thing about being an auctioneer. One time Kenneth Gregg was scheduled to sell our sale and he started to the sale at Portalis that morning. He lives at Plainview and I don't, a lot of people will not, or, uh, see this interview will remember Kenneth Gregg, he was really a big time in the show business as well as the auction business. But mm-hmm. anyway, his good friend was pulling an irrigation well and the cable broke, come back, hit him in the head and killed him. As he was driving by, he stopped to help him. And back then you didn't have no cell service like you do now. Yeah. And very tragic deal. And he, he called me that night because he, he stopped to help that guy and he was dead, and he had to wait for an ambulance. And and he said, I, my mind went blank. I didn't even know what I was supposed to do because it's such a tragedy. Mm-hmm. And we waited. He's never late to a sale. We waited till about 10 minutes till time. And I told Ross, I said, we better get the county agent to open up the building and put the PA system to going. Kenneth always brought his own. Mm-hmm. And we did. That county agent was very helpful. And we put our own PA system up. And I just got up there and sold a couple hundred show lamps. That's the only time I ever sold that sale in that history. But it was pretty handy to have that experience, I guess, because it went off pretty well, you oh, know. Yeah. But and our sale was called a ter- loose turbo club lamp. Yeah, sale. turbo loose or loose turbo. Okay. But it, yeah, uh, that 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 was the good old days, I guess. We didn't know it's what I thought about a lot but mm-hmm. uh, 
pretty fun thing. So I understand you're pretty good friends with Ross Cabinets. Yes. Right? And uh, the Beatties. Yes. So were they you like buck partners or were they kind of mentors no, to you? No, you know that we just, I, I grew up, Ross was a little older than me and I judged against him, but he was older enough that, uh, at, you know, I just, I actually, his brother was a year younger than me and I showed against him in the lambs. They were very competitive. Herschel, their dad, was very competitive in the show lamb barn, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, and he was a Packer cow buyer for his brother. That they have that cabinet packing at Hereford Down. I mean, it grew from a small business to a very big one, mm-hmm. but uh, hey, just a good guy. He, I, I think a lot of him, and of course, Beatty, he was in the sheep business, uh, raising range rams and show lambs, and he had a couple of hundred ewes up at Tucumcari, and he had good sheep. I mean, mm-hmm. He took a liking to me when I was re- just getting started with it because I was pretty competitive, <laughs> and uh, he just liked a kid like that. And mm-hmm. He helped me a bunch. He, the first very that ram that was supreme champion was a nice ram, but he went to uh, all back up there to a buck sale and brought in some bucks, and I mean, sure enough, brought in a couple that were excellent. And I wound up, and when that one old ram was about six years old, he gave him to me, and that really did help our sheep. We got a couple of lamb crops out of him, got some real good ewe lambs. And mm-hmm. That was a that was a good deal. He got him off a guy named George Wellner. I, uh, yeah, he bought a T-Strody and a George Wellner, and the Wellner sheep actually turned out to be the best one of the two, and they were both very competitive. Was that good Shorty? Sheep. No, it's, we called him George. Oh, George. Oh, he called him George, and we called him George. So, I gotcha. So, at this time in the industry, I mean, the, the what the competitive market, whether there were suffixes, you know, you know, uh, suffixes and hamps and crossbreds, a lot like today, but where the hamps have got the dominant influence, the suffixes were, uh, they were the hamps were dominant in that day, mm-hmm. very, very much so, and the suffixes, I, I got, I got lived through an era where I got seen uh, that switch and then it went to crossbreds and you know we're basically they've got to be they're pretty hampy today mm-hmm. when you go out I hadn't judged in two or three years uh, but I did get get to judge about three years ago and it's about 180 head and uh, it was very hampy mm-hmm. very hampy one or two suffolks and you know I mean and I think I used one just because I didn't want the suffix to go without winning something. No, I thought he's a best yeah. sheep. <laughs> it's good for him. There you go, just keep him alive. So, uh, I mean, the chillams have changed a lot. I mean, back then, there was still tons of quality, especially for what they were. What was your like selection criteria for trying to make really good weathers? You know, uh, I look back then and today and tomorrow. I probably will never change. But uh, first thing I got to look for on anything. Uh, where there's cattle or sheep, is structure. Mm-hmm. If I don't like the structure, I don't care how good they are. I just can't hardly look at them. Yeah. And I like, but I like that that bone. That I like a flat bone, and I like for it to be right. And and you know, that's the first thing. And then I like muscle, and I like shape. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's never failed me. Yeah. It, it, in the show lamb world or the commercial world, and I've had people say, oh, they're miles apart. 
actually when you boil it down right to the nitty gritty they're not they're not apart and they shouldn't be apart mm -hmm. you know have they gotten a lot farther apart in the last th 30 years or were they closer back then you know uh, I think we were close when I started far as the ideal weather and the ideal breeding sheep on size and then we went the breeding sheep when they got to measuring sheep with a tape measure we lost a lot of muscle shape mm -hmm. in the breeding and that and it 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 really uh saddened me because that's that's been done in the cattle world now it's back even the commercial side of it yeah we need animals at a game but we need efficiency mm -hmm. You know, and that you lose efficiency sometimes. Bigger is not always better for efficiency. Yeah. So I understand the, the what, they, what we refer to as frame sheep now, but purebred suffix. They used to, you know, they used to be. You could show them as weathers and be competitive. You could show I them. Get, they, shows. they were meat. Yeah, right. They so when they, sheep. the the tape measure, that's what separated them. We right went to the public. top of the Rockies and took three buck lambs and uh, entered in that show to sell. And the reason we did it, Bobby Fletcher encouraged me to do it. And uh, I said, well, we'd, uh, we're probably going to just slick shear them and put them in there. Well, that's probably that year, that was a pretty bold statement mm -hmm. <clears throat> because we had the only slick sheared sheep out of 1,800 head. Mm -hmm. And uh, probably we got a little help because of the first class with those buck lambs that judge you had an a group a b group and a c and the c did not make the sale mm -hmm. and uh i don't know he, he might have checked the loin i don't think he ever checked the leg and they just sent him sent us across to the c group and I'm like, well i guess we're not going to be in the auction but i think i can sell this buck for 2500 pretty easy because mm -hmm. i've had tons of people looking at and in the management of that deal, one of those guys caught that judge, talked to him a minute. He walked across there and put us in the in the in the blue or the B group. We were way down in there, last or next to last. I mean, mm -hmm. just in the sale. Yeah, it just made the sale, and we've done that with the other two. And those buck lambs brought from twenty one hundred to thirty six hundred, respectively. We had a January, a February, and a March. We took three head, and uh, I don't remember that like it was yesterday. And uh, and they were slick sheared because we didn't have a lot of wool. And I can remember old Bill Crutcher coming by and looking at them before the sale, and he said it's just a matter of time before we see a lot of sheep showed presented like this. Mm -hmm. And of course, that was I think in it was in '87. It was a long time ago. So were the market weathers at, at Texas Majors and your state fair, were they slicked at that point? or were they... We were slicking them. Okay. Just, a lot of times you'd uh, leave a little butt wool on them, but I didn't even like to do that. I said if you didn't have a butt, didn't have a lamb, mm -hmm. just peel it off. Yeah. If you had it, you'd get paid for it if you had it. I mean, that's just my, I was a little, I just black and white about stuff like that. You yeah. either had one or you didn't, you yeah. know. So you had children? Shortly after you got married, and we we had our we got married in eighty, and we, our first baby was in eighty two, and I wasn't auctioning then. Mm -hmm. I I actually just got out of it, and, uh, and then Deanne came in 
our oldest daughter is 83. 83. And then we had a tragedy happen in 87 and we lost our oldest boy, Daryl, in a drowning accident. And uh, so it, that started, we had three more children after that and uh, had Delisa or Delane, Delisa and Dusty. And uh, anyway, uh, Deanne was the start of the show career and Dusty ended it. And yeah, we've had some ups and downs and some good times, but all these kids have turned out pretty good. I'm proud of every one of them for what they do do, what they can do and what they will do. And they'll do about anything it takes. Uh, they're, they're not selfish, they're really close. And I'm very proud of that, and very competitive. It don't make any difference if they're gonna, whatever. Uh, Dusty wrestles, he works at, on our place at Roswell, and then wrestles. And he's into that deal about as bad as anybody can be on anything, and he gets a lot out of it. He's mm -hmm. really in top shape and enjoys what he's doing, mm -hmm. you know. And then it's been a blast, that part of it has been. But. Yeah. Kyle Smithwick said, uh, he was one of the guys I asked, uh, but he said your son wrestles on the weekend? Yes, he does. He Till COVID hit, he was, <laughs> hey, that wrestling, you just, you start kind of slow, but if you can do it, they keep calling you, you know, it's kind of like, or kind of like judging, I think. If, if you can do it, you can get more to do than you want to do. What kind know? of wrestling is he, like He's, cage? And no, no it's a WWE. Yeah. Oh, really? He's a wrestler. Yeah. That's like what costume, he wants to be. Yeah. He is yeah. Cass. I mean, Caden Haas. Caden Haas. We have a picture is, over there. His stage name. Yes. Yeah, I got to see this picture. And he. Uh... <laughs> so does he make a good? Little, is that what he does for a living, or no? Fun? He works on. We got a ranch at Roswell. Oh, oh my gosh. But he he'd like to make a living at it. He this might someday. His... This is his image. That is cool. Where do they do this at? Well, at Amarillo. They did it at Amarillo every weekend. And then at Lubbock. Oh my gosh, I gotta get a picture of this before I leave. Yeah, this is okay. great. Rampage Wrestling, that's what he's, he's with. Oh yeah, it's on Rampage Ra Wrestling at Lubbock. So was he a, a, a real wrestler like in high school or anything? Or you know what, uh, I had no training here. He was a football guy mm -hmm. and, and, and done well with that. But no, uh, he just, from the time he was little, uh, three years old, he just he loved to watch wrestling. He, he just he was into wrestle it. Wrestle out at the barn. Yeah, wrestle off the hay bales while we're showing sheep or selling sheep to someone. <laughs> Dusty would be up there wrestling around on the top of the medicine house, and then he'd take that on those cables and fly across. Mm -hmm. You know, choke slam the hay bales. Yeah, do yeah, oh, something like. That. Yeah, he. Oh yes. He's an avid hunter and likes to wrestle. Now, there's, there's two things that you can count on him being involved there's in. Dusty's other so your kids, your kids all showed. What was that first year like that you showed? Were you guys pretty good or had a lot to figure out? You know, out uh, we we had a lot to learn, but no, we had good. We we did extremely well uh, that first year, and then came home with two of the smaller lambs, and uh, Deanne was little, uh, but she she soon grew up and got bigger and stronger, but. Uh, the first year, uh, we, we showed down there at Roswell. We went to the jackpot over at Littlefield, and we stayed in the top five. With this the, is just handy. Oh, there you go. This is 95 with this sheep, 95 at Albuquerque. That's a good-looking sheep. 
They get him today. Like, yeah, he'd be okay today. And that you was talking about earlier, that was back in the roadstop days. And that lamb, that was his problem, but we got him fat. Mm-hmm. And you, you don't know, I mean, when he won that champion, uh, he he was good. Yeah, he was he was a hard handling lamb, but he was he he was fed beyond that hard. Yeah, what I had call enough fat to bring the yeah. top of the skeleton. Down this is what started the show. These were the little lambs. We went back to the top of the Rockies. This is our daughter Delisa. I mean, Deanne. This is the niece, Shay Willoughby. Okay. And they showed these two ewe lambs. We took five ewe lambs. Yeah, and five bucks. And five bucks. This is the second year up there. And that started Deanne's show career. Those are slick. Yeah, they were slick. And them little old ewe lambs uh, would bring 750. Just fast as they, mm-hmm. we could get them in there. I, we thought that that our weathers in were averaging about a thousand, though. Mm-hmm. You know what? But everybody wanted one of those little hard muscle ewe lambs, you mm-hmm. know. So by the time your kids were showing, you'd been raising competitive ones, so you were pretty Already. sharp yes. on it. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, there wasn't. What did the show barns look like back then? Because like now you walk in a show barn, they have a wash rack, a treadmill, a track out back. Yeah. No. Back then they just you no. Know, at Roswell when we went down there was. The old tin barns, exceptionally hot, and uh, you know you had to really manage your sheep to keep your condition right. I mean, we knew that going in that that barn was going to be it was hot. Like an old Quonset yeah. barn. Yeah, everybody had fans, and we wet it down, and this, that, and other. Get a picture of Deanne showing her her very first lamb. She wound up, I believe, second in the heavyweights out of about a hundred and twenty-five lambs. Mm-hmm. So she was for a nine-year-old girl to just. Uh, show up of course we had our sheep were good and the guy by the name i think i'm i don't know if he's still alive or not i've often wondered her very first judge was gene dunbar in new mexico hmm. uh, he was very very good judge i mean good with kids yeah. I, we've never had a bad judge i think every judge and especially i hate to brag on texans but the texas judges are nothing everyone that we've ever had is extremely uh, fond of kids yeah I, I don't think i've ever seen a judge from texas that didn't try to help a kid mm-hmm. while they're out there showing a lamb getting away or not bracing right or i've just i and i gotta i gotta admire him i think that's one thing that a judge is a judge but if he can't help kids he shouldn't judge yeah. he really shouldn't for judge. sure so how many um so she was she didn't win her first year she was second she did good how many um, how many years after that did you guys win that that Easter? You know, I believe, uh, and I might be lying, but I think it was about ten years. And she won nine of them, I believe, or mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, in a row. And then I think we've had a had a grand or two after that. Didn't you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, we she won had, the state for nine years in a row. She won no, Eastern no, New Mexico. She won it nine times. Uh, the, the Eastern the New Mexico. Okay. And she won the state. DN actually won the state fair uh, she grand. Won seven times. I don't think it was. And seven. The first year she did not. The second and third year she won the state fair okay. together. Skip a year, and then she won it two more years. You know, skip I, a year. I believe she might That's be right. That's exactly too. right. Mm-hmm. That lamb you got right the there was her the second year. Okay. Oh, this one is the picture. Yeah, that's the one we have right here. Where's the picture of Deanne and Larry Wooten? Well, that's what I was 
these are all our lambs that Different the kids, kids have shown. Yeah. Is that y'all right there? This is yeah, us. Yeah, we, we wow. bought, bought a lamb there off that boy. This is Davis. Those things are pretty, like, big-boned for... Oh, yeah. Usually you won't see pictures of sheep that old with legs that big. No. Uh, here's uh, Deanne at the... This is 93. This is when she first started Watch Cup. That's the first sheep. There you go. Things look... I, these things look good. I mean, you see your pictures of old Oklahoma, you know, those blue, you know, hard ones. I mean, these things, like, have shape. They're yeah, no, that, they're smooth. They they were we had we had about two tenths on them lambs. Now, that's what I liked. I I I like to feed lambs just to a point, you know. I mean, this is the kid from Louisiana. Okay, so you I mean you guys just had a ton of success. Um, yeah, we did. And this I was mean. in a time when you couldn't walk into a feed store and buy any supplement you needed. You know, every no. five different kinds of feed or you know order a, order a treadmill online, it'll show up at your you know wherever a couple weeks later. So what were you doing? Like, I mean, you, I, I've heard you're just really sharp from a nutrition standpoint. Yeah, I had a real good friend, uh, Keith Hanson, and he's an exceptional nutritionist. Mm -hmm. He's retired and moved back down around uh, Fort Worth, Texas. But he, if I had any kind of questions, like in feed additives or something, I'd just give him a call. Mm -hmm. And he could help me with my B12 additives. He was a... To get these lambs smooth, he was an advocate to feed bran. Mm -hmm. Not people now. They, I don't know if they even have bran you can buy. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I'm not far away from it, but uh, it really helped us. I mean, he helped me a bunch. Uh, we used the old Beatty ration. Here's the 95 grand. Don's digging out pictures for him to look at. He's got some hemp in him there. Yeah. Yes. Let me look at him. This is the crossbred. Well, yeah, this it, is the crossbred '95. Yeah, he he was. He was out of a Jim Miller ram, ram and uh, we got that buck late because we lost a good ram. And I went down to Jim and got a ram, and that that lamb was actually born here March the fifth and showed right there at 140 something pounds. Hmm. That was a growing, big frame, big bone. That was the first year that a cross had won the state fair in a long time. Do you use a cross? Mm-hmm. Hamp Suffolk cross. Yes. There you go. So I mean, so what did you do for exercise? You said you had a track. That yeah, was we had a track, two tracks. We had a straightaway, and then we had a oblong round pen and used dogs. Donna trained them, and mm -hmm. they, we had oh, no. some very good dogs. Was I that mean. pretty common that people exercise with dogs back yeah. then? Okay. Yes, it was. Oh. So I understand. Um, like we talk to people today, everyone treadmills, you know, everyone is aware that, you know, you run them backwards, you use new muscles and they get thicker. But, you know, isometrics, you, you were one of the first to kind of just really yeah. utilize that. You know, the, that I, you talked to me earlier about that. Isometrics, it came to, to, to my mind, we were at a lamb sale, and those lambs were at Cole Gardner's. And they were fine wool crosses. They were out of Dynamite Farm or Kevin Newsom Bucks mm -hmm. and fine wool use over there by Level Land. And old Cole, he had good sheep, uh, had several of them. And he had a pen of lambs down there. He said, if you lambs, some big odd in weathers. Uh, and that, that, that sale was exceptionally strong that day. We didn't buy anything. Uh, 
he was getting them sold very well, and two or three lambs that I really liked were about two thousand bucks, fifteen mm-hmm. two hundred, two thousand, and I'm just too tight to give it. And our our premium sales weren't uh, any better, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I'm not knocking it; it's good enough. But you know what I'm saying? You couldn't spend that much. Well, and I never did. I just always thought we need to kind of stay within our means, you know. Yeah. And so. He said, he announced it to sale, if you see something in the Packer pen, they're shipping to Struby Pack Thursday, uh, just get it out. As after the sale got going, a lot of people wasn't getting anything. So we walked down there, me and Deanne. She was, the little kids wasn't uh, with us that day. And there was a little low-fronted lamb with excellent shape. And Deanne said, what do you think? And I said, I really like him, but I said, I'm afraid if we catch him, there'll be 10 people want to handle him. And I said, uh, if he if he measures, we'll get him. And I said, let's just go home and I'll call Colt. And I told him, they said, he's a little no-tag lamb. He'd split his ear, had weather. And I said, he's low-fronted. He laughed. He said, oh, I know him. And he said, no, I know Buddy Pipty. So I said, when you run loading those sheep, if you would, you stop him, have that boy of yours set him up, and if he measures he's not short loined, mm-hmm. I'll take him. He said, well, that'll be a deal. And he called me that Thursday morning. He said, hey, I set that lamb back, and Kevin Newsom said he was going to your house Saturday. He'd bring him. Mm-hmm. And he said, I hope he works for you. But he said, man, he's, he's pretty low fronted. I said, well, we'll try to do our best. And uh, we got him home, and of course I think everybody knew his hole, and just to look at him, you didn't really appreciate, you appreciated him, except you just wanted to give him elevation. Mm -hmm. And he's the very first lamb, and then within a month, I thought we had changed him, and had that front pulled up, and you talk about really tightened up and made a pretty fronted lamb, but that lamb could eat that hay out of that net on two legs, and I watched him do it just you hung a net with hay just way up near, so we had to stand up. And we just started down low, got him eating it, and he was he was fat, so we was already he he didn't have to have much. A mm-hmm. lamb could stay fat on a donut a week. That's my <laughs> favorite saying, you know. Yeah. But I mean, he was an exceptional feeder for a show lamb because I mean you could just change him. Mm-hmm. And uh, we won. We got that lamb in May. And I told them boys in Texas, I was coming over there to. Littlefield with a fine wool cross, and uh, sure hope he classed because I'd like to get in there and whoop him. Mm-hmm. You know, as always, I'd like to whoop y'all. <laughs> Old Gaines Price and Kevin Newsom, all them guys, I'd like to give them a good whooping anytime I get a chance. And uh, by golly, we showed up, and uh, the head guys couldn't believe it, and I really couldn't either that sheep won that deal that day pretty easy mm-hmm. blacks and all but he had maturity and <clears throat> that started that isometrics here and we used it we used it on a, a lamb that won the state fair that came from uh, david garrett's really? real similar type of individual and bought him off of a trailer and uh, was not expensive and that way he was a tremendously good mm-hmm. lamb once we got him pulled up yeah was there and any so, other techniques of isometrics you used you know, actually, that I've had people say, well, why don't you tie them up real high by their neck and all that? 
we tried that once. I said, that's not, that's not natural. It's exceptionally hard on those sheep. You had to have a lamb that had condition to really make an isometric sheep. He needed to be one of those little lambs that stayed too fat. Mm -hmm. He'd have too much condition because you're going to have him hungry enough. He'll be just like a deer eating brush. He'll get up on those back legs. Mm -hmm. And he will, once he get, figures that out, then it, then you're on, it's an up, it, it's on a downhill stroke. A lamb is very athletic, I will tell you. So you used it to change their build in, in that, not not just give them a bigger butt, but just uh, to actually just- They did pull them. that neck up. Or if you had an old lamb that was hard to show, we've only had one lamb we've really never mastered showing here. And uh, we'd do that a lot with them. Mm -hmm. These lambs that just kind of want to be neckers and stuff. We'd put them on isometrics. After we done that that one time, mm -hmm. well, this worked. it worked. It, and that lamb was really kind of a little necker that we got off cold. But when he came out of it, no, he was, he was all over it. So you mentioned it earlier, if, if, and you told that guy, if that one measures, then we'll take him. Yeah. You know, I, you used to see people, every single sheep show, they, they'd measure every loin. Oh, yeah. Was. If they were short loin, you all use it out. You needed... The long, you need a long loin, long hip. You'll rarely see someone yeah. measure a sheep. That today. those days, are, that's kind of as old-fashioned, I guess, as 1955 Ford. If you want to be, oh yeah, you know. My, the, and my dad, you know, after he got into it, and then when these judges kind of quit measuring those sheep, like he was, why well, they can't judge nothing. He did. He and he'll 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 go to his grave if you don't measure a sheep. You ain't a judge, you yeah. know. But Beatty was hung up on that. They had to measure. He wanted them to measure two-thirds back and one-third forward, and that's pretty tremendous, I'll tell you, yeah. right up front. So if, say if you found a sheep at a sale and he was just insanely good everywhere, except he just measured short, was there anything you could do? No. Uh, I was at a sale one time in Oklahoma, and I'd see, I'd seen a lamb that had been altered. I didn't buy him. and uh, Altered isn't like a rib cut out? Yeah, a rib cut out. And I, I thought about that a lot. But, you know, uh, I don't know if that lamb had success, but ah, there's just too many sheep in the world to worry about something like mm -hmm. that. Forget just it. Go find go one. Go find one or raise one, you know. We were at a sale one time in Oklahoma hunting a, a hamp because at that time we had hamp class in New Mexico for Hampshire and as well as Suffolk. Mm -hmm. And Dean really wanted to show one of those hemp lambs because they had that wool on their legs. She's like somebody else I know. And we was at a sale, and and man alive, we picked out three lambs, and they were exceptionally high, you know. And uh, I remember, and 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 that's the reason we bought a hemp buck during that time to get some crossbreds, and they would class hemp if they had leggern wool, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, but. I remember that after we didn't get about that serving, she said, oh, she's a little girl. Said, oh, Daddy, let's just forget it and put her money in a better buck. Yeah. I mean, that's just... That that's her first our... grand picture with John Kearney. Wow. Oh, that... I keep that one in there. Yeah, in the but that... Dawn's got, that's a, now, that's a pretty favorite lamb right there. Might be a little bit high flank for today's kind, you know, but... Mm. He, but he had that shape that we've got today, you know, that mm, you expressive, like. Yeah. Really expressive, yeah. For sure. So, I mean, you guys just, you did very, like, very, very well in New Mexico. Your, your kids were very successful. Um, Kevin Newsom said, uh, just in terms of nutrition, you were one of the first to feed barley. Yeah, I'm no, try that out. Beatty, 
that he we fed a third barley, third oats, and a third soybean meal. That was our basic ration. Then you mm -hmm. blended with it, worked with it. But he liked barley better than any grain. Yeah. And I like barley. I really do. It's still in show feed today. I mean. Yeah. I, mean, I feed it actually in my feedlot down there. So I use it. I think it helps your health on your cattle too. Yeah. So we were talking about him a little bit earlier, a guy who judged a lot of Texas majors. So, I mean, when we, when, we, when they select judges, you know, I think it kind of drives the industry. You know, if, if we have to raise these kind, you know, according to our judges, that's kind of where the industry is going to go. But um, we talked about shag, kind of the first time it popped up and, and, and when those sheep were kind of, you know, roach-backed and a little bit harder and, and you know, just really, um, you know, a little bit tighter flanked back in the day. There was a judge that came in and, and just kind of, Changed the world. Changed the world. So how did how did that go down? Who was that? That was Clint Cummins, to my recollection. And, uh, hey, you know, it didn't go down. I had two or three people say, what do you think? And I said, you know what? This is what I truly think. Now, I don't know about shag. I can't eat wool. But I know about them tops. And he leveled them tops up, and he put condition back on these lambs. Mm -hmm. and, and I judged quite a bit then. And I'll be honest, uh, there's a lot of sheep that's out there that were, were hard and dried out, and everybody thought they was a show lamb, and they were too dry and they were too hard for me. Mm -hmm. And I don't like roachback sheep. I don't like that, that old, I want them sheep completely level-topped and mm -hmm. level-hipped as you can get them. And I want some condition on them. Now today, I see lambs, uh, when I do get to go and watch it some, I do see some lambs that I think are a little too fat, mm -hmm. really and truly. But I'd much rather see one too fat, too thin yeah. in a market show. I don't care what species it is. Mm -hmm. You can always trim off fat, but you can't ever add that any on, you know. Yeah, I can't remember who said it, but they said, you know, that fat isn't very soft when it's been in the cooler for a couple of days. Yeah, you know? that's right. But um, so after that, I mean, was that, that that was just one judge that walked in there. And, and did that. So why do you think the whole industry was like, okay, you know, he's, he's right. He was right. Though. They, they, they were all he, mad, but they were just... Yeah, it just is a change, but uh, he was just... But when he... I still... And I'm, I'm not taking up for him. I just think that, that whenever you smooth those sheep back up, he had shape in them and he put some flank in them. And you know what? When you go, get out in the real world, the industry calls for, if you feed cattle uh i used to feed a lot of lambs commercial back in the 70s and 80s at roswell mm -hmm. and if you don't have some flank you don't have a feedlot animal mm -hmm. and you know that he was right i mean we're talking about whether how close it is uh the industry is tied to the show lamb deal it's a lot closer than people think if they'll back up and, and use common sense mm -hmm. and uh no, I, I've had to laugh about that. And, of course, I've had two or three people tell me about Leggern wool, and, that, and that's it's how it's been described to me. I've never seen anybody really eat a, eat a, eat a plate of Leggern wool. Yeah. I've been around the sheep industry a long time. I've never seen anybody walk into a cafe and say, give me a, give me a bowl of Leggern wool. But, <laughs> uh, still, it... It dressed that lamb up. It put those hard lambs that we were talking about. You'd have a lamb that have a hundred and fifty pound frame and actually be weighing a hundred and thirty, mm -hmm. and he wasn't finished. You know, and I don't like them gun sheep. Mm -hmm. And his bone, and his bone would be round and small. And we went through that a little bit. I mean, we raised some because that was, and that, and I, it wasn't what I liked. But 
everybody else, that's what they were using. And when he changed that a little bit, I think it, it made these sheep easier to, for me to look at. Mm -hmm. if, you just, if you look at pictures and go back in time and just look at the ones that were winning those big shows, it seems like there's a new trend and a new style like every you know, five, six, seven, eight years, you know, they kind of just change yes. where they go to one extreme. And you guys were very consistently successful. How did you stay there when everything was kind of changing? Around? I think you just kind of stay in the middle, mm -hmm. and then I'm a conditioned person. Anybody that really wants to show a lamb to me, and I, you probably need to ask somebody that showed lambs to me, but number one, you got, if you can hit me on condition, you might not have the best sheep, but you're going to do something because I think that's a market lamb ought to be market ready mm -hmm. that day, that moment. For sure. And I, and I'm critical on that. I don't like them thin sheep. Now, and I didn't. And I'm same way if, if they're just overdone. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, the last bigger show I'd done was about two years ago. There was a crossbred lamb in it. It's as good a lamb as I probably ever look at. His Dorset, uh, I'd call him a Dorset. Uh, blackface cross. He mm -hmm. looked a little suffolk in the head, but he had plenty of wool. And uh, lamb weighed about 145 or 46 pounds, and that he was by far the best sheep out of 182 head mm -hmm. that I looked at all day quality-wise. But he probably had 3,500s on him, and the kid showing him uh, was there showing him, but he just... The lamb was exceptionally soft. Mm -hmm. Didn't get him driven hard enough to make it. Right, and I didn't, and I, I I messed around with him there, and he won that heavyweight cross, and he was pretty dominant in there. And the middleweight crossbred, which was actually a fine wool lamb, fine wool cross lamb, I believe came from Smithwick's. They told me uh, was conditioned better, and he was a good lamb, and he was the champion. Mm -hmm. And the second place to him was reserved. I didn't even use the big sheep. In my opinion, was it's fine for him to win his class, but you can't let him go. But he, he's not going any further with me because number one, his condition, and I like him showed. Yeah. I mean, I still think they are a kid ought to be proud of what they got and show them to me. Mm -hmm. You know, if they're having a little trouble, I'll just shut down and help them. Let's let's look at the best side of him. Yeah, or just make him walk. You know. Yeah. Just, we'll see what they look like walking around. So you got so you raised sheep. I mean, you still have some. Which yes. Is, so the I mean, and Donald showed me some pictures of the ones y'all raised. I mean, they're they're still competitive. They're really good sheep. I mean, they're they're even with the trends. Are, so the ancestors of those sheep would would those be those original ewes you had? Oh yeah, way we've, back when we've never bought a ewe. To maybe one or two, and I've been raising sheep since '66. Wow. So yeah, we we hadn't went out and bought any ewes. We buy rams, and we went to this hamp deal. And this year, we our lambs just went out. Of course, COVID's out there. But this is out of a new hemp buck. I've got two back there in the back. Mm -hmm. And uh, that the girls uh, bought last year. And their lambs are doing pretty good this time. What little Deb is showing, we, and we showed you one that we had out in Arizona. And I don't mm -hmm. know if you got to see him this week or not, but he looks mm -hmm. very good, you know. Yeah, the pictures looked awesome. And what, what do you think about where the industry's at right now? I mean, we don't talk about the shag a little bit, but like, where do you think you think the, what we consider a good sheep is is the right? Yes, no, it's it's plenty acceptable uh, out there in the real world. <clears throat> we got plenty of muscle <coughs> in these show lambs, but <clears throat> I'm going to tell you, and and everybody's going to be shocked. 
but probably commercially and it's just a matter of time but we'll see and i and i don't own one so i'm not promoting them but i still say if i was young and i wanted to be in the sheep business i'd be in i'd have my foot on them dorpers because mm-hmm. i see those sheep they're pretty hardy what i can tell uh they're very well accepted commercially and i it's just a matter of time but i think those sheep will will rise to the top Mm-hmm. I hate to say it. They're, I mean, the better ones, they're as good as blacks in terms of how they, they balance and pattern and everything. But. And, and I think that you, when you see uh, the, where the sheep are actually raised, Texas still going to still raise a bunch. And east of the Mississippi River, they still got lots of farm flocks. But I have not even asked anybody in a long time, but I think they're getting excessively popular even in that area. Oh, yeah. And I can remember... When we raised these show lambs here, I had a guy in Kentucky that bought 10 buck lambs a year, and they were the culls. They were the buck lambs that we couldn't sell for show lamb, but they had muscle. And uh, he'd, they, a truck would come by and pick them up, and I'd send them down to him, and they went out at 750 here, and he sold them for a rams to put on those little commercial flocks mm-hmm. because they had muscle. And... Uh, and I don't, I don't see that change. I think they've still got those people raising sheep, but no, I think they're probably raising dorpers. I hadn't been down there, mm-hmm. but we don't get a call for a commercial ram here ever anymore yeah. from anybody, you know. I mean, uh, and, I, and I'm not, we've got these uh, black-faced hemp Suffolk cross sheep, and, and I like them. I've tried to talk my wife, and she really likes sheep, and that's good, to get some dorpers, uh, but... I had she hadn't give in to that deal yet, but I I still think that would be. <laughs> I think you should just surprise her, get her some for Christmas. Like, hey, I might, you know, you told me. You know uh, what he did to me one year for my birthday. Preston Ferris is raising them. Well, mm-hmm. I might give him a call and get two or three and surprise her. <laughs> I think that'd be cool. For my birthday one year, uh, the the three girls who had sheep out here in the pens, and we only had one set of clippers. Mm-hmm. Okay, well. He came back and he said, how come you don't have those sheep done sheared yet, Donna? I said, well, Dennis, we only have one set of clippers, and Deanne needed to have a little practice, and, and I got tired. I let her shear. Oh, okay. Well, my birthday was the next week, and guess what I got for my birthday? New clippers. <laughs> <laughs> a new pair of Landis clippers, the yellow kind, mm-hmm. the yellow head. And, oh, we were so proud of them. You know, they only weighed five pounds compared to those big yeah, osters that we used. And uh, so I was tickled to death. To, and then not long after that, we'll, we ended up with another pair. So all three of us had a pair of you shears shear to go. All at once. You bet. I, I brought this in here to show you. This was in Deanne's Star Green Handbook. She said the best part about the sheep show was all three of the sisters showing. Mm-hmm. And that year they showed at Roswell at the Eastern Fair to uh, Stoltz, yeah. Ross, yeah. Ross Stoltz. And each girl were in the heavyweight class. And we had the grand, the reserve, and third overall. Dang. And that's what you call a proud parents mm-hmm. of three girls right there. I'm sure. Here's the isometric slam right here from oh, David Garrett's. 
Yeah, I wouldn't say his left front is dull. He looks good. Yeah, he made a good lamb. He really did. So this was so final crosses pretty often would win the whole. No, final not very cross, often. No, about either a Suffolk, a Hamp did some mostly Suffolk back in those days. So, so but that's his grand. So did he just win the breed, or was that no? He was a grand. He was the grand lamb that year. He was. Wow. It, he was Final that. cross winning the grand champion is about like the weather. About once every 10 years, but usually it's a whopper when it happens, is the way I'm going to call it. Or, and we also showed one year uh, a Dorset to the gentleman from Wyoming who was the judge, and he said he liked Deanne's Dorset. It was a Herleman. Mm-hmm. And that Dorset was beautiful. He, he had... We had to run him in that track and force run him to the left side. Yeah. And we worked on that sheep, worked on that sheep with that dog and that round pin. And we finally got him to balance out. Uh, he slipped off the, the cement out here and hurt that hip. It was crippled. And it was crippled. Actually ruined. Never, never that... That muscle never really built good. So that's why you made him go. And that's direction. we had to work on that sheep, but uh, and he was third overall. Third right overall we won in the New State Mexico Fair. State Fair. But that we was had a every breed champion. Yeah, he was a tremendous. I, that's the picture I was going to go that's try to ass, find. That's called an ass whooping right there. <laughs> it was wonderful. Well, we don't. I don't like to brag about nothing because blind hogs will find acorns. I've seen that in real life. But we've had fun with this deal, you know. These were your our friends, girls. Your friends brag on you more than, more than you think, so it's probably... I, I, I'm just grateful well, to have Well, I friends. hope they... You know what? <laughs> Not in this business. But You'll these are our three kids right there. One, two, okay. three. Oh, right there in that picture. Okay. Dang, that's impressive. Did I bet everyone hated you guys, huh? No, well, not really. They did, uh, and our girls had fun. I think fun. they want to beat us, but they didn't. They, they didn't hate us. As soon as we were out of the show ring, those girls had fun with everybody. That's, those were the years that it was competitive, but when the show ring gate was closed, was those kids had a lot of fun with each other yeah. afterwards. They all went to the down to the carnival together, or we didn't let them go to the races, but... They went out and had a fun as a group, you know. Uh, the kids were almost inseparable, yeah. and and in fact, our girls here, uh, they showed with the uh, Blackburn kids uh, throughout high school. We went back to Denver and showed with them there, mm -hmm. and we were just like a close knit family. Even the Burson kids from Roswell, mm -hmm. uh, we were real close with those kids. Okay. And uh, they have been lifelong kids even today. They are still very close friends with our girls mm -hmm. and Dusty. So you mentioned the Bursons. So um, a few of the other episodes I've had, we've talked a lot about that Leo buck that they ended up with. Yeah, you know, uh, and I don't know a lot about him. I've seen him, and he's, he's, he done them a tremendous job. I don't mm -hmm. believe we can argue about that at all. I wouldn't. Uh, we wound up, when Cody Burson had a dispersal, we wound up and bought a ewe and a lamb uh, from him, and they're gone now, but he advanced us like, like we were hoping. I mean, mm -hmm. he was, Cody used to buy all of our six-year-old ewes he did for probably 10 years. Dang. Yeah, he just, yeah, it was just a standing deal, you know, which was fine. He was building a flock, and uh, those were good ewes. They just, 
We sold them when they were sick. Had daughters in. Yeah. And and he used them for as long as he could. You know. I mean, they had incredible success there too. I mean, and those ewes they sold out are still propagating like really high quality sheep. Yeah, they those sheep. He took them to the top for as good as he could make them, and they went on. And I think working for other folks. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Well, Donna, we uh, we were talking about a story earlier, one that Kyle Smithwick kind of told me about. So you were out here somewhere, and you had someone stealing some diesel, and you had your dog with you, maybe. <laughs> oh yeah, that yes. uh, that was. Tell us about that one. Yeah, that was quite a deal. We bought. Uh, it was actually gasoline. We had a little 300 gallon tank for farm use, you know. And anyway, the the gas man brought us. Uh, we was out of gas, and the only thing it, it, in that time I had my pickups were all on uh, propane, my feed pickups. Really? And stuff. Yeah. We, and so we had one feed truck, and her her town car that mm-hmm. was actually gasoline, gasoline mm-hmm. all the time. And uh, he came on Thursday and filled up 280 gallons, filled mm-hmm. the tank, and I filled that feed truck. Friday morning, plumb up, it held 50 gallons. Church came on Sunday, and we got our chores done. I pulled the car up there and uh, going to put gas in it, and there was not a drop, not a drop. Well, I knew there's no leaks, see, on the ground, mm-hmm. and I knew how many, what had been filled. So I said, I just wonder, and boys... At that time, we lived at Floyd, down the road, that were working at, at the peanut mill, and I told her, I said, they're getting that gas. Mm-hmm. So, we ordered more gas, and of course, the gas delivery guy always came in the daytime. You could just look down there and tell when you were there, getting yeah. gas. And I said, we're going to take that border collie. Here's the deal. We'll, I'll be out at the gas tank at night, and you have him in the house, and you sick him on me. And she could sick him on anybody. This dog loved her. Mm-hmm. And, and I'd have to jump in the car, you know. So <laughs> we... We practiced. We practiced. A couple of nights, you know. <laughs> just to see the dog knew yeah, yeah, what yeah. was going on. You could bring him in the house. She couldn't just make him lay down right there on the mat. He'd never move. Yeah. I mean, just lay down. I mean, she could tell him his name was Tuck, and she told him to stay. He stayed. Mm-hmm. Uh, really broke, and uh, he was the backbone of this sheep deal. I mean, that he was our champion run dog of all. But anyway, make long story short, we waited up all Friday night to Saturday morning. No activity. We give out. We go through the same motion Saturday. You know, just making sure. And this dog's laying on this mat in the house. And finally, at 2 a.m. on Monday morning. We had activity. <laughs> and I said, well, it's, the house is dark. And I said, don't let him out till they get hooked up. They're getting gas because, you know. It'll take a minute you, to you, un- you, can, you can hear him, you know. You- and so we let them, we watched. And we, we had it for this one little room. We could just see what they were doing. And just when that guy got the nozzle in the back of the trunk of that old car, it's an old Dodge, and it, that's where the fuel went in. We let him get going. He was a very, very heavy set person. 
And so you couldn't outrun the dog? No, 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 no. no. Could... Anyway, we let him get to going, and then Donna turned old Tuck loose, and, that, and I screamed out like an Indian. And that poor guy, he turned loose. The gas was still running, and he dove in the back seat of that car with some other people back there. Mm-hmm. He was fully loaded, but the window was down. Well, that dog just caught him right, caught that guy's hiney right on his uh, back pocket, <laughs> ripped it plumb off. We've still got that. <laughs> it was it. funny. And it was so funny. Yeah. He just tore his pants just. Yeah, ripped it off, and they, <laughs> they sped away at a high rate of speed. I mean, spun out of that old driveway. And when they did, they hooked that nozzle and just sheared the hose off at the top of the tank. That gas is just running out right behind the filter. <laughs> I'm in my underwear with my house shoes on, and I just immediately left the house. He was thinking about all that dollars of gasoline yeah, like running on the ground. And I'm going to turn it off. Stick his, stick his finger up there and go get some duct tape. <laughs> and uh, all I had to do was turn that valve off well, just as I got out on the porch and started out there at a high rate of speed, I met that border collie with the whitest <laughs> teeth, and he never barked, but he had a naughty growl about him. Oh, he came after you. And oh, he yeah. got after Dennis. I had to come back in the house. She goes outside and downs him, gas just running out. Hurry, Mama, hurry. And I ran over there and turned it off. But anyway, to make a long story short, we never had that trouble again. <laughs> we moved the gas tank, mm-hmm. got it away from the road after when we got it empty that time. No more temptation and. But and we that, didn't have to. I, that, I I know that guy. Whoever it was, he had a rough bottom for a while. I bet he <laughs> never forgot over. So teeth. But <laughs> Mark it, stayed. I'm but sure. you know that dog we moved here, and Donna would pin this 320-acre pasture with two dogs take them to water and we run a lot of yearlings and uh he he loved her but you could just draw your hand back like he was going to hit her you know i just and you kind of oh he just raise up and show you them teeth just and growl real low real don't low. you dare think about oh that. no i wouldn't i promise this, you i would i, I know if right. i ever did hit her uh she, number one that dog's gonna kill me number two she's gonna whip me so i probably that's the reason i've never hit her but that dog <laughs> loved her and i've never forget that and, and she's got a dog now and he's just about that possessive not quite you'll see him or you've mm-hmm. have seen him but uh, usually a family dog will attach to one person but they'll get along with everybody yes that is kind of that's very loyal of him to you know go to that extent he was, this this dog would do anything for me if mm-hmm. and well another story was I I took him down pinned these cattle down here <coughs> to uh, get him a drink and we had a bull the it was an Arizona calves mm-hmm. and so they weren't cut anyway this bull treed up inside a mesquite bush couldn't get him out and had to get that dog to go in there and. He just had to chastise him enough to get the bull out. We made him go on down to get a drink, and uh, he, we got him in the pen, and then he turned on us to fight. And that dog came and got him, bit him right here in the top, and that bull would shake his head like this to get that dog off that dog. I said, latch on, Tuck, latch on. And he bit him right there in the nose, gave me enough time to get out of the way because I had already stepped off my horse, to come around, shut that gate, and the bull charged at me, and that that dog didn't let that bull get me at all. 
That's crazy. Yeah, he that's he was a good dog. dog. That's a good dog that we will ever have. I mean, I had one. He's about half mentally retarded after the sheep show days. We had one left and was young, and he would work. But we didn't want to get rid of him. We called him Gump. And he had just... <laughs> He's just smart enough to get in trouble, and I love, and he loved me, and I loved him. But just good friends. Yeah. Dusty brought him home. We had a friend over here, Craig Martin. Raised him. Raised him, and uh, Dusty would go over and see Craig every once in a while. While he's still in high school, this was his junior year, and and uh, he said, "Gee, Mr. Martin, I sure would like to have that puppy. Mama's dogs are all gone." And said, "I just need a puppy," and he so gave Dusty this puppy in a shoebox and Dusty brought it home and showed everybody oh gosh he was so proud of it and he says I'm going to call him Gump (laughs) (laughs) and Gump took up with Dennis after Dusty left for college and he would go Dennis was tickled to death because he'd go down there and go through every there's nine of those pens down there and that dog would go through every pen check and make sure if all the calves were up and alive and going because he really? got him up and he checked him and he'd oh, come back yeah. to Dennis and then boy you'd get aggravated at him because he would help round him out of the pen and then when as you're going up the alley he'd forget and not stay behind he'd go to hit him and he'd like, go get, get on, out of go. the gate <laughs> yeah we was on him all the time yeah, he, he was quite a dog but he wasn't like he wasn't as stock minded no as that that good dog. He's I mean, there for a good time. Yeah, he yeah. was. He could. Dusty used him to exercise with, and you could. You know, we didn't have many show lambs in, and he he could get some run out of him. We it was a, different. Had a I, real good bred when dog. When Dusty that, got yeah older, because when when the four kids were showing, we'd have forty five head of sheep on feed. Mm-hmm. I mean, ten a kid. It, and it was nothing to go out there, and we did have to shift a little to put the sheep in. We had a, we, on the first year the DN showed, Dennis built a four pin, show pin. And and we had four run lanes, you know, and uh, it was very nice. So it went through all four kids, but you have to see there's 10 years difference between them, DN and Dusty. Mm-hmm. And so, we had to have a few adjustments in between the years, but it worked. Mm-hmm. And by the time you got 45 sheep out there, you had a pin full, you know. Mm-hmm. We made a little adjustment on the backside. And then when we'd have so many, the kids helped me then. So we attached the run, sheep run, behind the sheep pins so that we could maneuver them in well and then you didn't have to lead them you know, uh, 50 just take yards a dog or 60 yards. Put them in that. I mean, that's just how they've done it. It was easier mm-hmm. that way. Yeah. No sheep and would the go kids would the pin. kids could run the dog. I, Tuck didn't mind DN to help. He didn't like it, but he would put up he would it. put up with it. Uh, and they had but a red the other dog kids that... couldn't. Then the then we got this red dog, and the and she helped the girls. Her. She was the girls' dog mm-hmm. that they could work with. And then Gump, Gump and Dusty were together. <laughs> Dusty's a wrestler, right? Yes. He's a wrestler. Yes. And, uh, and Deanne married, and she's a school teacher, and they live out at, she lives at Magdalena. Delane married Sam, and 
she's got three of the cutest little grandkids, and, and Deanne has one. And uh, anyway, it's kind of a good time when we get them all here. To, and we just had them here about two weeks ago. But it, you can get pretty tired pretty quick. But anyway, uh, they, Delane and Sam, they partner with us on cattle. And then Delisa is married to a guy at Clovis, and he's in, he's got a shop in Wells, and uh, she works for the FHA yeah. office, NRCS, and lo really loves her job, but she's gonna have a baby in September. And she was the, the prodigal child of the four, probably, because she wanted to do goats. And Preston Ferris is the reason that we have had to do goats, because Kevin Newsom got us a goat, to start with, this is and then Preston judged the state fair, and she won a class, and that was it. from that year forward. We showed goats. I mean, that was a big deal for this family. What to go year find. was that? You think? Oh man! Let's see. We We'd have to ask Preston. He's got a better memory than me. We started goats in uh, no. no, no, no. We didn't. Ninety nine is their yeah, is Delisa's first yeah. year, so it was in two thousand. It yeah, was it was her second year, to, and she wanted to show goats in 2000. Yeah, we started her second year. The first year she showed in Roswell, we didn't show a goat. Mm -mm. Just the lamb. But anyway. And so she it's been was quite very a deal. successful in the goat field because she was the, the child that has won the goat show five years in a row. Mm -hmm. Delane won the 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 year that Delisa didn't win, Delane won, and then Delisa had the reserve grand, and so the competition between our kids, yes, they learned to be competitive, they learned what it was to work together, they learned what it was to cry together. Uh, we worked hard out here at the sheep pen, but then we also took time to uh, throw the volleyball back and forth and play volleyball while the sheep were eating over here on the inside or when it was we got tired of shearing and we needed to take a break well <laughs> we'd have water fights <laughs> we we had some good water fights while we were washing sheep and getting for the shear day you know we didn't mind getting each other wet and uh, then here comes daddy down the road we got to get these sheep done <laughs> <laughs> What, I'll tell you one more funny about showing goats is Dusty's first year, and he didn't want to go to San Angelo with us. Me and Delisa went. But he wanted, he said, Daddy, get me a goat. I said, well, what do you want to give for him? And he said, ah, but you got to know, Dusty, hundred and a quarter, hundred and a half. That was, well, you know, yeah, they bring more than that at producers nearly. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I thought, well, Dust, we probably can't get anything at Norman's or Preston's for that, you know. But we'll keep our eye out. And we had our goats, and we started home, and we'd went by and seen Kevin and Kyle that day, both of them, and it was late. It was just at dark, and we were going out north of San Angelo, and there's a gas station. I like the name of that little town there. It's Carlsbad, but don't give me the line. Uh, and we pulled in there, and this guy it had this convenience store at this gas station he came out there and seen them show animals had a lamb or two and some goats and uh, he was talking to us about you know ah, we're from new mexico and he said i got some goats look good as them oh yeah and i and we said 
Yeah, and I said, he said, I said, well, what do you want for one in case we find a good one? He said, 150. And I said, I got a, yeah, I got a guy that, that might, uh, we'll just look. Well, he's got this little bitty barn, about 50 head of goats, all ages, all sizes, <clears throat> from Spanish goats to boar crosses. And he turned, he screws the light bulb in this barn, and his old uh, border collie-looking dog brings them in. They're out in a, a bigger pen, not out in the pasture, just there. And they came to that light in that barn, and I mean, you couldn't hardly get another. You got the gate shut on this little barn, and Delisa wasn't, she wasn't a very big girl, and she's already tired of showing goats and looking at goats. Mm -hmm. Why did we do this? And I told her, I said, this won't take long. <clears throat> there was a, about three goats that I really, I thought, man, I hard to look at. But there was this big, thin goat in the corner, and you could just see the muscle in him. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> if he had any grain in him, which he'd just run them on pasture. Yeah. And I looked at him, and I said, how old is he? And he said, that kid was born in December, and he was a twin, but the nanny kid, he lost her. And he's out, she, he, he had the old mama go there. She, she'd drive it. I said, what's the daddy? Oh, good Lord only knows I bought her. Go away. Through. I mean, he's a, quite a guy, you know. He just bought her bread and nanny, put her on the field. So we took that goat. <clears throat> we bought him, put him in with ours. And Delisa, she, why did we buy that goat? She said, he don't, he don't have the muscle. And I said, well, I tell you what, let's feed him a little while. Dusty can have. Well, that, he, he's in his price range and so we brought him home of course Dusty he can't show it to county and he can't show it to state fair because he's too young so, show him. so not well nobody ever showed him we called him Jimmy Sims we took him <laughs> to Littlefield Dusty took him to Littlefield and by golly was second dang it I mean right up there with them big boys mm -hmm. and the heavyweights Delisa won it with a middleweight class 3 goat uh, really a tremendously good goat. And she won the state fair with that goat that, that's class three at Littlefield uh, that same year. I mean, Jimmy wasn't good as that Patches goat. Was. But Jimmy was coming on. I told Dusty, I said, you you play your cards right and get to keep showing him. I said, you'd be surprised what you can get done with old Jimmy at Roswell. And, uh, I ran across that picture in there for a Anyway, to make a long show. story short, uh, Dusty wound up reserve grand. Delisa won Roswell that year with a Norman Cole, a, a, goat, a goat that had had some lung damage, but turned out exceptionally well. But she won, and yeah, I think she had the best goat. But for 150 bucks and a little old bitty light on top of a barn, we was exceptionally lucky for for what we did, have, and he turned out exceptionally pretty good. I've had to laugh about that a lot. That it's funny. You might have more proud of him than you were the grand. Oh, exactly it, it ruined Dusty it, because we, he never, if you had him here today and he'd say, well, let's go out and buy something, he's law would tell you, yeah, yeah, a hundred and a half. That was his favorite. If you got a hundred and a half out of Dusty, that's about like a thousand out of anybody else. 150. He, he wasn't going to spend his no, time with his money. He never did. He never spent much <laughs> on show animals. Well, uh, 150, but that, that's all right, too. Everybody's got to live within their means, mm -hmm. you know. Definitely. Well, thank you guys for breakfast and having me out. I'm gonna go you're look, welcome. Gonna go look at some sheep here in a few seconds, but uh, we're gonna wind this down. But thank you guys. It was, oh. uh, 
Thank you for coming. Yeah, it was fun. Thank you. Just stop and think back and of the memories that you've had and the fun times. You go, oh, man. And I truly have missed the closeness that we had with the kids right out there. That was yeah. that was a life for we showed for 20 years, 23 oh, years. i got one other thing. You brought it up earlier, and I need to tell you what's better than turn signals is a TNS feeder. You're from Texas, down there at Pecos, they make mm -hmm. them for range cubes. Yeah. And we put them long ways in a pickup bed uh, instead of crossways. We do, uh, and I like them that way. But you don't even need turn signals if you've got a TNS feeder with range cubes in it and Kyle Smithwick riding <laughs> as your passenger because motorcycles pull up a little close or anybody, you know, it's just too close. You just give them eight pounds of range cubes, and it's better than putting up a stop sign. Running Slows down them the, way down. Huh? Yeah, they, they'll hit their brakes. See, I've done that a time or two, I think, with him. And, man, I ruined him. And especially if if a, if a we knew it was a Texan. I, I love to give Texans a little range cubes in the bumper. They like the taste of them pretty good? Well, they'll eat them up. <laughs> I've tried it on truckers. I've done it to a lot of people. I haven't got whipped yet, but I'm probably going real close. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, there you have it. Well, it's been fun. I better go to work. See you guys. <laughs> Thank you, Dennis. Welcome back. Um, I had a really good time with Dennis and Donna today. Uh, I hung out over there for quite a while after we got done eating breakfast and recording the podcast, and these people who I'd never met before, uh, brought me in like family and treated me like an old friend. I mean, right when I walked through the door, uh, this guy's a legend. He uh, he's never afraid to try new things that had maybe never been done before. And you know, him and his girls and, and you know, the whole family, they just hustled and worked extremely hard at that Showland deal just to find some success. And they found quite a bit of it. Um, and huge thanks to Kevin Newsom for the suggestion and getting it set up. It was it was a lot of fun. I, I loved it. Uh, but thanks, guys, for listening, and I will see you next Monday.